Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Andy Anderson. Andy Anderson is a commercial photographer based in Idaho who spent over 20 years as a firefighter in the Air Force before starting his career in photography. Andy has shot campaigns for brands such as Yeti, Doubletree Hotels, Ram Trucks, and Blue Cross Blue Shield, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Andy about some of his early assignments, his approach to personal projects, and his love of the outdoors. Andy is someone whose work I've looked at for years, so it was a real treat getting a chance to speak with him, and I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Well, Andy Anderson, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been looking at your work for years, so I was excited to get a chance to talk to you. Um, but I guess just to kind of start off, um, where did you grow up and how did you kind of get into photography initially? Uh, well, I grew up in the South. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I got into photography pretty late in life. I mean, I didn't really pick up a camera until I was about, I don't know, 28 years old. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... But, you know, before that, I had had a, before I went into the military, um, I had a scholarship, a journalism scholarship, um, and I went to school for a little bit, and it just, you know, I just didn't have the intestinal fortitude to keep going to school. So, you know, I um, had some other jobs that I did, and, you know, I always knew that I wanted to tell stories, but I wasn't sure, you know, the only place, the only thing that I really knew what to do was to tell stories by writing and then i picked up a camera when i was 28 and then um i was off to the races oh wow that's cool what, what kind of stuff were you interested in as a kid like um like when you're in high school did you kind of have what did you think you were going to do when you kind of got older did you even have any like kind of goals or what were you kind of doing when you were younger that's a funny story um you know i um always wanted to be outdoors that was kind of the thing that i like to do um and i always you know I always knew that I wanted to do something creative, but I wasn't sure what that is because it wasn't really, uh, you know, that creativity wasn't really nurtured in my family. So, uh, you know, we kind of had to find it out on my own. But, uh, you know, I guess one of the jobs I wanted to do while I was, in, you know, a, a young kid is, like, you know, they have these things in Florida where you have these uh, lookout towers for uh, fire lookout towers, and I figured I wanted to do that, you know, and then I found out that would be so i decided not to do that what's a yeah i don't what is a fire lookout tower what is that what do you do what is that i don't really know much about it <laughs> well they go up there during fire season and they sit up there and looking for fires see if they're starting and they call them in. so that's what it is oh wow that's cool so i guess like you said you went to school for a while um you were doing journalism what do you kind of do after uh when when you finished the school i guess oh i didn't finish oh, because yeah. uh yeah. like i said i didn't have the 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 intestinal fortitude to do it, so yeah. I went in the military. Okay, uh, I was a firefighter in the Air Force. Oh wow, that's amazing. Um, how long did you do that for? Twenty years on active duty. Uh, where you based? Kind of where were you? Where were you kind of positioned at? Well, I was stationed in uh, Florida, and then I went to Charleston, South Carolina. Went to Alaska for a year. Mm -hmm. Went to Spokane, and then uh, I retired here in Idaho. Oh wow, in '99. That's amazing. Um, how do you feel that experience was spending 20 years as a, in the Air Force? Um, do you feel you kind of learned a lot going through that experience? Yeah, I mean, it taught me, um, it taught me um, what do you call it, you know, a little bit of responsibility and, 
you know, uh, discipline and things like that. So, yeah, I mean. And then were you kind of interested in photography while you're in the military at that point? Were you taking pictures at all? Yeah, um, I started taking pictures. Um, you know, I like to fish. So I started taking a bunch of fishing pictures. And unbeknownst to me, there was quite a market for that. Because back in the day, there wasn't a ton of people shooting fishing. Uh, there was probably only a handful of us. And I think the reason why, because it was film and a lot of guys were, a lot of people were intimidated by shooting film cameras. So um, by virtue of that, we were we were just a small cadre of photographers that did it, probably only five or six. Oh, wow. Was that down in Florida or in Idaho? Uh, all over. Oh. All over. Was it mostly like kind yep. of fly fishing or what kind of fishing were you guys? Yeah, fly fishing. Nice. Fly fishing. Nice. Yep. And then were you, when you kind of started out, were you just kind of shooting this 35 millimeter or what was kind of your first camera you got? My first camera was a Pentax K1000, which I think everybody, you know, it starts with film cameras. That's probably what the camera they all start with, right? Mm. Yeah, it's a great camera. It's so sturdy and it's an amazing camera still. Right. Um, were you kind of focused in, were you shooting kind of black and white or color when you started out or what was kind of your first? Everything. Everything. I was shooting everything. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Were you kind of, did you enjoy like printing and darkroom and all that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I got into printing, uh, you know, probably about in about, you know, seven or eight, maybe even 10 years after I picked up a camera. And then, you know, my studio now I have a full, you know, large, you know, darkroom, but I haven't used it in a while. I yeah. still have one and I still like it. Yeah, because from looking at your website, I've definitely seen you you shoot 4x5 and some stuff like that. Do you still have a lot of 4x5 cameras? Oh, yeah. I mean, I shoot everything from 35 to 8x10. So, uh, and I still have a, you know, I have some Linhoffs and I've got some old Graflexes that I've shot with. Nice. You know, 4x5. Um, in fact, I shot the Olympics with that 4x5 Graflex. Mm. Oh, you sh which Olympics did you photograph? Uh, the 2002 Winter Olympics, um, there was a handful of photographers. I think it was myself, John Hewitt, mm. Ray Meeks, uh, Sheila Metzner, mm. David Burnett. They hand-selected about, I don't know, about eight or nine photographers to cover the Olympics, so I was involved in that. Oh, wow, yeah, I think they made a whole book out of it, right? They did, they uh, did. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, had you photographed the Olympics before that? Nope, oh, never. How was that experience? It was great. I mean, you know, we were there right after 9-11, so, you know, the security was pretty tight and a lot of things we couldn't do just by virtue of what happened. But, uh, but you know, it was a great experience. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you brought the 4 by 5 cameras to photograph the um, all the sports and everything. Yeah, Graflexes. Oh, that's interesting. Which is, yeah, which is a single-lens reflex 4 by 5 So, you know, the whole pretense of that, that book was... Um, Based on the Sheila, or uh, not Sheila, but uh, Lenny Riefenstahl's, I think it was the 38 or 36 Olympics, where she had filmed the whole thing mm. uh, in Germany or Berlin. Um, so, you know, John Hewitt was running the operation or kind of running the project. And we, you know, my whole thing was, well, Sheila Metzner could shoot, you know, you know, the Olympics with four by fives and two and three quarter film cameras. I mean, why can't I? So, yeah. you know, that's what I did. So I... You know, I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got some great photos out of it. No, that's amazing. Had you kind of photographed a lot of sports before before that point? No, not really. Oh, that's exciting, though. I get to kind of do something different and kind of have a different creative approach to it. Um, that, right, that's right. A, that's exciting. You 
down a little bit too. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. Is that kind of why you like four by five? This kind of slows you down a little bit. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, definitely looking at like all the old like I think I seen some stuff on your website like Type fifty five and all those old Polaroid films, which unfortunately they don't make anymore. But that stuff just looks so classic, and there's nothing like it. Right. Right. Um, but I guess like to go back a little bit, um, was there like a point like in your life where you kind of decided to kind of take your photography more seriously and kind of decide to kind of make a career out of it? Yeah. I mean, um, the, the more I did it, the more I was kind of like, kind of really, it was a passion of mine. So, and then I, you know, I obviously found out what I needed to, what I wanted to do with the rest of my life was become a photographer, you know, and tell stories that way. And then about, you know. I don't know, about 10, 12 years after I was in the military, maybe even longer, 15, um, I had been working with um, Sportsfield Magazine, Mm -hmm. and uh, the editor there, Terry McDonald, was the editor at Esquire, and Esquire, or Sportsfield at the time, and um, he he had asked me, you know, to send him a bunch of pictures, and I did, and so long story short, he knew I was in the military, but he was getting ready to go to Men's Journal. So long story short, we had uh, you know worked together a lot, and uh, you know I was able to. I had orders to go to Kuwait mm-hmm. um, to um, you know un- with the Air Force as a deployment for four months. And I told him that before I left, and I said, you know, I'm getting ready to go. He goes, no problem. I says, uh, I want you to do a story on a photo essay on fighter pilots. Wow. While I was there in Kuwait, I was able to, you know, do a story, and I came back um, uh, on the 23rd of December after four months out being on deployment. I came back, and I told him, I said, hey, I've got these slides. Do you want to uh, take a look at them? He goes, sure, meet me in Jackson Hole on the 2nd of January, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, I showed him the photos, and he signed me to a contract. Wow, that seems pretty, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so, so you were this won't happen. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, uh, but how? So I was the first. I was the first staff photographer at Men's Journal. Oh wow! Yeah, because I think nowadays I don't think there's too many magazines that really even have staff photographers. Like I know, Sports Illustrated did for a while, but I think even like two years ago they got rid of all their staff photographers. Um, right. Um, you know they. Um, you know I was I was very fortunate. So there's no other way to look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So I guess when you're getting your work out there in the beginning, because um, were you, were you you were kind of still in the military, were you just kind of like sending photos out to magazines and stuff? Or um, I know you say you kind of oh, yeah. with the outdoor magazine. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. This kind of direct mail yep. and whatnot. Sure. Um, that's cool. So how was the experience working as a staff photographer? Because at that point, had you done any assignments um, before that? Yeah, I mean, I had done a few few uh, assignments prior to that and then you know they um when i became the uh, uh you know the photographer then i was shooting all the covers for mm-hmm. men's journal and shooting all the stories so i you know i think i think i still hold the record for shooting the most covers for men's journal oh wow yeah that's amazing um is there like any kind of memorable assignments from early on back then that you kind of remember that kind of stick out to you as memorable uh yeah i did uh, one of the stories they sent me on was uh do a story on the freight train riders of America, and the FTRA is basically a group of veterans that came back from Vietnam that didn't really assimilate back into society. So they, you know, they they were kind of living on the fringe, hobos, you know, jumping trains and things like that. Mm. And they, 
you know, they were running drugs, prostitution, and things like that. So the story I did was about the FTRA. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. We went to Helena. Yeah, we went to Helena, Montana and spent, you know, three or four days there or so with them. Oh, that's amazing. Um, had you kind of done a lot of documentary stuff at that point, like telling stories and kind of long form photo stories? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I like to do. So, you know, that was not a problem for me. But, you know, it was it was fun to immerse myself with these guys. They're scary, but... You know, if you're honest with them and, you know, respectful, I think that, you know, that gets you a long ways, you mm-hmm. know, down the road. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess, did you ever, did you kind of have like a goal? I know you do a lot of commercial stuff and um, now, but did you always kind of envision yourself doing that type of work? Or early on, did you kind of have an idea for the type of photographer you wanted to be? I just was a photographer, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, I had a, I had people contacting me that wanted to represent me, and I didn't even know anything about, you know, commercial photography because I had never been a photographer. I never, you know, I never assisted anybody. So, you know, the fact that I was able to, uh, you know, parlay my, you know, that editorial work into commercial work just after a while, after a couple of years, that was kind of interesting for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Who were kind of some of the first commercial clients you were working with? Uh, very topsider shoes. Um, God, what else? Uh, I did some stuff for, um, quantum fishing. I mean, just, it was so far, you know, far back there, but yeah, that was, that was, those were some of the first jobs that I ever did. Was that like a hard transition going from editorial to like commercial work or did it all all this kind of feel the same, this kind of shooting photos or was it a big transition for you with being commercial has a lot? No, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't a big push for me. I didn't, I didn't really, uh. I wasn't scared of it. You know, remember I was a firefighter for 20 years, so, you know, being a photographer was not that scary. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) I know you mentioned, like, with the outdoors and stuff, is that, have you always been into fishing and hunting, like, kind of your whole life? Yeah, I mean, I've always lived outdoors. I mean, I loved it. So, you know, it's just something I've always, it's always stayed with me. What do you, what do you think you enjoy about it most? Just being outside. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking at your work, you have all amazing photos. Like, you see your dogs out there. It looks like, what kind of stuff are you guys hunting for? Um, we're just, I'm bird hunter. I'm a bird hunter. Mm, nice. Yeah. And then, one thing I was going to ask you is this, like, living in Idaho, did you ever feel, like, any pressure, being that, like, so many photographers feel like they need to move to, like, New York or L.A. or one of these big markets? Do you ever, did you ever feel any pressure to kind of move to one of those cities to further your photography? Nope, never entered my mind. And, you know, my whole thing was, um, you know, contrary to popular belief, but New York City's not the center of the universe. I agree. I so, agree. <laughs> and, uh, you know, living in Idaho, um, I think what makes my, my work so different, and as opposed to other people, at least what I think, um, is that, you know, when people, other photographers are living within other photographers in a city or a big city like New York, let's just use that as an example. Yeah. You know, they're really influenced by other photographers in that city. They go, oh, look, look at Jim. He's really, he's really successful. I'm going to do what he's doing. Yeah. So the work becomes a little homogenized. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. So, you know, for me, living in Idaho, I don't have, I didn't have any of those uh, influences. Mm-hmm. I just kind of had to figure it out myself. So... And I never really thought, you know, thought twice about it. I just felt like, oh, this is what you do. So I did it. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's kind of been good for me to live out here. I love it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's smart. It's just because, like, you can tell from looking at your work, you just have, like, such a passion for the outdoors and the fishing and everything. And it just 
comes through in it, and that, I think that's probably why people are attracted to it. And rather, rather than like trying to copy what someone else does, it kind of like you said, it gives you a distinct look and kind of sets you apart. You know, and that's why I kind of yeah. always enjoyed your work. Um, and then, like, I guess, like, looking at your work, it seems like a lot of your work is, like, um thing I enjoy about it. It's, like, natural light, and you, it seems like you try to keep it, like, real, like, raw and authentic. Um, did it kind of, have you always shot within that kind of style? Is it, like, even something you kind of think about while you're shooting, or is this kind of um happen kind of organically, I guess? I never even thought about it. I just, you know, uh, I love shooting natural light. Um, but, I, you know, I've used lights before in the past, but it just slows you down creatively, so I try not to use them. Um, yeah. And just kind of embrace what's there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And then I guess, like, being a commercial photographer, do you feel like you need to balance, like, your artistic vision with still trying to, like, create work that will attract clients, or do you just kind of focus in and shoot the work that you're kind of inspired by? I think it's both. Uh, you know, some a lot of the clients will, you know, they'll hire you for your for your vision, mm. and you kind of go there and do that. But um, you know, at some point, you're paid to keep your mouth shut. At some point, you know, if you're doing commercial work, I mean, you you know, you collaborate, but at the same time, you're getting paid to, you know, to do something. So um, mm. you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a mixture of both. You know what I mean? Um, you don't. You don't want to push it too much with the creatives because you know again it's their vision yeah, and your job is you know your bit your job as a photographer is to bring their life their vision to life so sure. that's what your whole job is yeah and then looking at your website it, you can t- it looks like you do a lot of personal projects like uh, one project I saw on your website that I really enjoyed was the uh, uh, project I think you did in Cuba you photographed uh, transvestites and I think baseball and some stuff on there. Oh, yeah. Is that something that's always been important to you? Just kind of take time to just create personal work aside from like your yep. commercial stuff. Yep. And yep. Yeah. Absolutely. How do those projects usually kind of come about? It's just kind of organically, or are you always just kind of searching for new stories to I'm tell. Always I'm always looking. Yeah. You know, I look at it. I watch a lot of documentaries, read a lot of books. Mm. So, you know, and I think that you know, I'm always trying to stay curious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I guess with the Cuba project, how did that kind of come about? And how much time did you kind of spend um, photographing that series of photos? Well, I was there for about 10. I've been there a couple times. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty amazing place. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved it there. It was great. You know, and it's easy to get around there. Um, and, you know, the people are very friendly and open. So it was it was an, it was a nice experience. Were the transvestites pretty open to being photographed, or how did that kind of how did you kind of approach that? Um, yes, they were. Um, but the, the the last night I was there photographing, um, we were photographing them in certain parts downtown Havana, mm. and we thought we were in a place that was uh, pretty secure uh, as far as remote that people weren't going to see us. But come to you know, I started shooting, and all of a sudden. A police pulls up and he goes, "What you guys doing?" And you know, immediately before he got to my camera, I pulled the card out and stuck another card in, so he didn't see that I was shooting these transvestites. But a long story short, the reason why they stopped us is because those people that were I was photographing the transvestites, they weren't from that area of Havana. They didn't have the paperwork, so they rounded us all up. I had a fixer there with my assistant. We all went down to the police station with the transvestites. Damn. And you know, so the last night I'm there, I'm sitting to myself. I go, okay, how am I going to explain this to my wife? I got arrested, <laughs> transvestite. Yeah. So, 
uh, but long story short, we sat there. We sat out there in front of the police station for about forty-five minutes, and we basically left. You know, yeah. they, nothing happened. Wow, that's, that's wild. Did you go down to Cuba in mind, like photographing that, or did you just kind of go down? Yep. Oh, you already yep. knew. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then one thing, I guess, what do you think about like photographers doing like pro bono work for agencies and things like that? Do you feel like that's um useful and is it something you kind of do a lot of or what's your take on that i think it's uh you know i think it's a really really great outlet for photographers i mean let's all be honest about it i mean um we live a pretty you know the lifestyle that we live is pretty amazing and you feel i feel blessed you know every day to be able to do it definitely and the same time you know photography is a very powerful tool and if you can give back to people for a good cause or to a good cause that you believe in mm. and give back to it, I think that's a powerful thing. So I definitely think that photographers should do pro bono work. In fact, I did a pro bono project last year with a documentary. So, oh, what was that about? Uh, it was about these kids, inner city youth, that are uh, at risk with uh, vets that are coming back with post-traumatic stress disorder, and we did a film on, you know, um, canoeing or rafting down a uh, river in Anwar National Wildlife Refuge in Alaska. Oh, wow. So That's pretty amazing. And then um, yeah. as far as, like, I know I've seen your I've seen your work in, like, communication arts and a lot of the award, award uh, shows and stuff. Do, do you feel like that's important as a commercial photographer to enter those shows? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you think you've gotten, like, a good return? This kind of gets your name out there more to different creatives and things like that? Unfortunately, what happens in our business, it's a very insecure business. People, for instance, let me give you an example. I mean, um, a lot of people, a lot of creatives won't hire somebody just because they haven't been validated. And the validation comes through the award shows, which yeah. is kind of, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not really a validation of you because you should just do what you do. Mm. But unfortunately, people look at it as a validation Oh, he's in CA, or she's in CA. Oh, you've been validated. Okay, now now I'll look at you. Yeah. Now I'll even you for a job. So I think that you know submitting to award shows is pretty important. Not all of them, but I think that you know CA, PDN, and things like that are pretty important. Mm. Yeah, definitely, they're interesting to look at. But that makes sense. And then, being that you, I mean, you're one like one of the most successful commercial photographers. You've shot for so many different agencies and whatnot. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't know if I'm the most. <laughs> In my mind, in my mind, you're, I love your work, man. Uh, uh, what do you What do you think it is about like uh, being like a successful like commercial photographer, like shooting like these big, large scale ad campaigns? Um, what do you think the key to being like having a, like a successful shoot, like when they're when you're working like, with an agency and you're shooting like these large campaigns? What do you think the key is for you to kind of walk away from a shoot and be like, you know, I nailed that one, you know? Well, collaboration is the most important thing. So you got to be able to open and be, you know, open communication with the creatives. And you might have a couple of creatives that are talking to you at the same time yep. while you're on location. So I think being open and, and being collaborative is the most one of the most important things. Mm. And then you know, um, you know, showing up on time, making sure your production is, you know, within budget, you know, and your deliverables as far as the images are on time. I mean, all that goes into playing, not just showing up and taking the pictures. You've got to make sure the whole thing. Mm. goes off without a hitch. Yeah, definitely. So, There's so many moving parts and constantly changing. Right. right. But, yeah, no, that's good. And then I noticed you, you've been with Heather Elder, your rep, for quite a long time. 
Um, how did that partnership begin, and do you feel it's been important to have a, a good rep for your career? Yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, I knew about Heather back in late 90s, and um, at the time, she was representing Stephen Wilkes, which is an amazing, he's an amazing photographer. Yeah. Uh, I really love his work. But, you know, at the time, she wouldn't take me on because um, she was with Stephen. And I'd always admired her because she had a, she had a very good reputation at the time. Yeah. Or, and still does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was intrigued by that. So um, I contacted her. You know, it didn't work out. And then about a year and a half, two years later, I think Steve moved on. Yeah. Or Stephen did. And, uh, you know, it was, um, and then, you know, then I show up. And then mm-hmm. she asked me to join. So that's what happened. Yeah. About 20 years ago. Wow, that's amazing. It's a long time. Yeah, I, I definitely, yep. I interviewed her about a month ago, and yeah, she's a really nice woman, and I've always appreciated her blog that she runs. Is this a great, I always just tell other photographers, it's a great resource because she puts um, content up there that's just not just, she promotes her photographers, but she's also just talking to different people in the industry and kind of interviews sure. different people, and I've always just appreciated what she does for the photographic community. Well, you know, when you're looking for a rep, um, you gotta you gotta make sure you find somebody that's gonna carry your karma. You mm. know what I mean? Yep. So Heather does a very good job of that. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. She represents me very well, and there, and there are other photographers as well. Yeah, definitely. And I guess like living in Idaho, do you ever feel like it is it harder to kind of stay in the loop with all those like big agencies that are in like Chicago and New York? And how do you kind of? stay in the loop with those agencies being that you're in Idaho. Do you ever feel like it's, it's harder to do that or you just have a different approach? No, never worried about that. Yeah. Never worried about it. Yeah. You know, do the work. Yeah. The, de- work, the work will always rise. The good work will always rise to the top, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I just never really worried about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just shoot good work and put it out there and just keep on, keep on shooting. And, uh, yep. yeah, yep. definitely. And then looking at your website, I seen you have some motion work up there. Um, do you, have you been doing that for a while and do you kind of have a different approach to the motion work versus your still photography? No, uh, I've been doing it for not, not a long time and I wouldn't call myself a director. I mean, there's so many people that are shooting videos now and they call themselves a director. I think, you know, that's kind of a, you know, what do you call it? Um, kind of a disservice to the real directors. I mean, I've yeah. directed a film, but I would never call myself a director. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been part of my business, and you know I like doing it, but it's not something you know I would take over still photography. Yeah, definitely. I still like it. Yeah, it seems like I don't know with advertising and stuff. It seems like more and more agencies are looking, or it seems like more they want like the as- the whole asset package. Have you seen that kind of becoming more of a trend with shoots and stuff where they they're doing like video shoot and they want to tag the stills on it? Have you been? Yeah, there? I mean I that's smart. It, that is smart. You know, that's smart business. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're going to pay all that money for everybody to be there, mm. you know, if I was paying the bill, I'd want to get as much assets as we could or content. But, you know, at the same time, you have to balance that with, do you have enough time to do that? You know, things like that have to come into play. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess, what do you think are some of the biggest things, because you've been in this business for a while now, what do you think is kind of the biggest things that have kind of changed from once you started to now? Have you seen a big change in the photography industry, how it kind of operates and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, the fact that there's a lot more photographers, you know, I mean, a lot of people look at that as, you know, a bad thing. But I look at it as because, you know, it's just, I think it's a great thing because you're seeing all this new photography that you would never see in the past. Mm. 
by people that were, you know, they, in the past people were intimidated by light meters and cameras with film and all that stuff. They do like, I'm not going to deal with that. But since the advent of digital photography, I mean, it's, it's been amazing uh, the type of photography that you're seeing out there. Mm. Um, but, you know, that also, it leads into another thing. A lot of the work looks homogenized. A lot of people have no point of view, no strong point of view. Mm. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the work looks like that for yeah. the majority of it. Yeah, definitely. I, I had this conversation with my friend recently. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, I noticed like a lot lately, like in editorial photography specifically, I've been noticing like a ton of like people are shooting with like colored gels and stuff a lot lately. It seems like it's kind of like a, a trend uh, within photography. I don't know why, but it's just kind of interesting. Like you said, people kind of this kind of copycat like other photographers and it, right. it doesn't, doesn't and really... Those, I mean, that, that, that'll go out of Vogue. I mean, I've, I've seen so many fads in this business. Mm. You remember, I don't know if you remember the tilt shift cameras everybody shot with, and then there was, you know, yeah. light, you know, painting with, you know, light, light painting and things like that. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, classic photography will always sustain itself, will always do that. So, mm. you know, classic photography will always be around. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's just, yeah, like you said, classic, and it's always just people, you're going to appreciate this looks so amazing. And that's why I always kind of like your work with the four by five stuff you do, and it'll never not be good. It's this amazing stuff. But I guess um, one thing I was going to ask you is just like, uh, what do you think about like Instagram marketing and that type of stuff, the social media stuff? Um, I, I noticed you have quite a big following on Instagram. Have you found that to be a useful tool with like marketing your photography now, or is it just something kind of do for fun? No, well, it's, I think it's you have to do it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's. I don't really like social media, but unfortunately, it's kind of here to stay for us. Yeah, you know, for our business. And I think Instagram is a, is a great tool. But you know, if I wasn't a photographer, I don't think I'd have Instagram. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. It's just yeah, it's just kind of how the world is now. Kind of people are just, everything's on their phone nowadays. Like I feel like yeah. I I look at my analytics on my website, and you can tell people are like looking at from a phone more than like a computer nowadays which is kind of interesting right. it's just diff right. different um and then i noticed i saw your your son's a photographer now um i believe he's rep with uh candace gelman if i think i'm yep um how has that been has it been pretty exciting for you to see your son get into the business yeah i mean i would never i mean i always told our kids you know to find your passion in life and uh, you know zachary wanted to be a director Mm. Um, so he went to film school. He went to the College of Santa Fe for a couple of years, and then you know, you know, I I told him at the time. I said, you don't need to go to school for you know directing. I mean, you should become a still photographer. You know, then you can direct your own films as personal projects. And he, you know, he thought, well, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, two years later, and several thousands of dollars later in tuition fees and yeah. room and board, he goes, you know what, Dad, that's a pretty good idea. So now he dropped out. <laughs> became a, he's a still photographer and very successful, you know, he's only been doing it for, I think he's been with Candace, which is, she's amazing, um, for a couple of years and he's just starting to get going now, which is awesome to see. Yeah, no, definitely. I looked at his work on our website and yeah, he has amazing work and there's definitely an amazing roster on Candace's, uh, list right now with everybody. So it's definitely cool to see his work up there and that's exciting. Um, but I guess just a couple more questions. I'll let you go. Um, yep. 
having been in this business for a while, like, what do you think the key to like your longevity is uh, being in this business? Because it is uh, competitive and it's hard to start to begin with, but to continually do it for decades. What do you think the key to um, your success has been? Um, you just got to be curious. I mean, um, you know, I think if you know, the curiosity is the engine to your creativity. So, mm. you know, I think you have to continue being curious and, you know, nosy or whatever you want to call it to find out about things. And for me, that's, that's what, you know, that's what sustained me is I'm just, you know, I'm a nosy guy. I like to find out about things. I, you know, I love everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I read books and then I'll start reading a book. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, maybe I'll think about photographing that. So, you know, just being curious, I think is important. Yeah, definitely. And just keep on taking pictures because, you know, keep on creating and uh, you never know where it can go. Um, oh, you're exactly. Yeah. Is there any uh, personal projects you're working on right now? Yeah, I'm actually going down to, uh, I'm leaving for Vegas tomorrow to go down and shoot some drone photography. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, but it's, uh, I'm doing a piece just because I want to do it. It's an encroachment, to, you know, civilization and encroachment to wild areas. So. Oh, We're going to shoot some drone work of that. And I think that's a really good place to do that because it's, you know, um, it's, you know, these, these subdivisions butt right up against, um, you know, wilderness areas. And it, to see that from a drone, I think, is important. Yeah. Have you been, have you done a lot of drone work or before, or is this something new for you? I've done it quite a bit. Oh, interesting. Well, what do you enjoy about it? I like flying around. <laughs> yeah, it seems a different perspective. It's interesting. Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, one shoot I wanted to ask you about that I always enjoyed, one of my favorite projects, I don't know if it was for a job or if it was a personal project on your website. I think it was like oil rigs, and it was like some of it's like black and white, and then you had like some color portraits against white. Um, what was what were those photos for? Was that for a job or something you just shot for yourself? It was for myself, but I had met those folks doing a, I did a commercial project for Ram Trucks, mm. and uh, I had met them while we were on the project and I just, you know, made notes to myself and contact numbers. And after the project was done, I said, Hey, you know, is it possible for me to come back and take pictures of the oil workers? And they said, sure, come on, come on and do it. And that's what I did. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Just kind of, cause I imagine any other way, like if you hadn't done that, the, the commercial job, like getting into like oil work right. would be pretty tough. So it's, it's pretty amazing. You kind of took the initiative to kind of get your foot in the door there and got that amazing series. I've always loved that kind of series of photos you put, took there. Yeah. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, definitely. And I guess this is my last question. Um, um, being that you've done this for a while, um, do you have any goals for your photography moving forward or something you'd like to pursue in the future? Yeah, I mean, I've got so many trips in my head that I want to do. I want to go to Antarctica. I want to go to Greenland. I want to go to Siberia. Uh, I want to go back. I want to go to the Faroe Islands. I mean, just the list is long, man. <laughs> I like it, man. I can't wait to see it, Andy. And, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Um, it was a real treat getting to talk to you. Like I said, I've been looking at your work for years, so I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Um, You're very, very welcome. Yeah, definitely. But I guess for people that are going to listen to this, um, where's the best place to check out your work? Uh, AndyAndersonPhoto.com Okay, perfect. I'll link it on here, and people can go uh, check it out. Thanks, brother. All right, take care, Andy. Thanks a lot. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you have it. That was the Andy Anderson interview. I want to thank Andy so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with him about all his work and experience in the photo business. 
I hope you guys enjoyed it. And definitely go check out Andy's website at andyandersonphoto.com. He has a lot of awesome projects up there and some of his commercial work. So definitely go check that out. And going forward, just want to let you know, I'm going to be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and also on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.